<laughs> right. I'm Nigel. I'm a complete idiot, as you just found out. But I love God, and I love you guys. All right? And this morning, you know, it seems so obvious to preach on the old has gone, the new has come, all that kind of stuff. But I really felt God say to me, I want you to speak on love. You've just gone through the biggest, with Christmas, you've gone through, how can I say, God being wrapped up in a baby, love, given to us, so that we can have a completely different life. Love is not God, can I tell you. God is love. God is love. Full stop. The world's definition of love, I would define as lust, to be honest with you. Um, when you look at the dictionary, it is just, you love somebody and you're attracted to them sexually and that is love. That's not love. God is love. He is what can I say? He's, he's love. I, I got down to this story and I thought, how on earth can I say love? We all know that God is love. Do we not? Do we? We know it. Yeah? Do we, do we realise how much he loves us? Do you realise how much he loves us? You know, he created Adam and Eve... And he loved to come down and spend time with them, talking to them, you know. And then we went and messed it up. I'm not going into who messed up and what, who, who was responsible, but we messed it up, okay? And then we've got the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, going through the whole rituals of things, of how they had to keep... I mean, how would you like to say, all right, this morning we're going to, you know... Seven lambs, 24 casts, three pigeons, and they've got to be this, and we've got to do that, and we've got to do the other. And they went through this through prophets and leaders who led them all the way through. And then I imagined, this was me this morning at five o'clock, I imagined God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit sitting there thinking, they've messed that up, haven't they? They've messed that up. They've separated themselves. They've done something we asked them not to do. And that has got, includes everybody now. But I love them so much and I want a relationship with them. What can we do? What can we do? So I can imagine, the, you know, you can imagine the disappointment after the sixth day, God sits back and he says, Oh, everything is good. No, he didn't. He said, everything is very good. Very good. So, on the seventh day, I'm just going to rest and have a look at how they're getting on. Oh, great. And then the apple thing comes up and blah, blah, blah. And then it all disappears. And we're separated from God. Have you ever thought what he must have felt at that point? He created something that he wanted a relationship with and he just asked one thing and they messed it up and that separated us forever from God. And then all the rituals and the altar burning and all this, that and the other that 
you can read about from Genesis to Malachi, and then you get, I can imagine them sitting back. Right, God says, I've got this plan. Jesus, how are you up for this? If I wrap you up as a little baby, and I get Gabriel to go down and see this girl, and say, hey, I'm an angel from the Lord, and you're going to be pregnant, and you're going to carry God's son. Are you up for that? And she says, I'm up for that. Don't worry about your husband-to-be. I'll go and see him in a little while, you know, sort things out with him. But Jesus, are you, are you up for that? Are you up for going? Because I love these guys so much. Are you up for going down there and growing up as a boy, as a baby, as a man? And he, Jesus, I can imagine Jesus saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he says, right, but to crown it all, I'm going to actually let you die on a cross. Because they think they're going to get rid of you because you've gone down and you've stirred up a hornet's nest of their religions being turned upside down. And I'm going to send you and you're going to die on a cross. You're going to have nails hammered into your hands and in your feet and a crown of thorns wedged on your head. Not just politely put, but wedged on your head. And then... Just to make sure you're dead, somebody's going to thrust a sword in your side. Because I love these people so much. But the trump card is, they think, the religious guys think, they've got rid of you. But do you know what? On the third day, I'm going to let you rise from the dead. I'm going to bring you back from the dead. And in that, for those who believe... I'm going to give them eternal life because I did it so that they could be saved from their sin that was caused way back at the beginning. We can have a relationship again to all. Gosh, that should put some smiles on our faces. Shouldn't it? We've just celebrated the beginning of it in, you know, at Christmas and there's all this wrapped up in this story. And then he says, do you know what, son? When your time is done, I'm going to bring you back to heaven and I'm going to sit you at the right hand and we're going to send the Holy Spirit to lead and to guide. That is an amazing story. Yeah? I've got some notes, I haven't followed them, never do. But I don't think that's a problem. Love, along with faith and hope, are the last ones that come at the end of 1 Corinthians 13. There's a lovely quote here from, from John Kelvin. Got it written down, so I'll read it properly. He puts this very simply. Love is the greatest gift because faith and hope are our own. 
Okay? Faith and hope are our own. Love is diffused amongst others. Let it sink. In other words, faith and hope benefit the possessor. But love always benefits others. That is amazing. Love benefits others. The greatest commandments. What's the first one? Come on, you Bible swillers. Sorry, Alex, I can't hear that, lad. Speaking here. With all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. Right, and what's the second bit? Second word. Second one. Yep, love your neighbour as yourself. Ah, see. (laughs) But then, in John 1, 13, God says, I give you a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples. If you love one another, love always requires another. Love cannot remain within itself. And that is part of what makes love the greatest gift. I just cried this morning when I read that. We have an opportunity, James talked about at the hive. We don't know who we're going to come, who's going to come in that building, who's not. But according to this, people will know we're Christians by our love, by the way we talk to each other, by the way we act with each other, by the way we communicate with each other, by the way we serve each other, by the way we honour each other, by the way we lift each other up. Love is patient, love is kind. We all know, I had my wedding, I've been to several weddings since, and they seem to have it there as something to do with love. But the greatest gift is to love one another as Jesus loved you and me. I can't think of anything else to say, really. Because love is why we're all here. He showed us love by sending his son. He didn't come to condemn us, but he said, look, I love you. I love you enough. I want to share this with you. Right? Do you want to share it with your neighbor? Do you feel the love of God so much within you? You know, I always, I thought, I don't know, this world is, um, in my opinion, falling apart because there's no hope. Okay? That's one thing. But I think it's falling apart because they've lost the real meaning of love. What it means to be committed to each other. 
what it means to go the extra mile. What it means to forgive. Love is forgiveness. You know, my poor wife, when I got married, oh, I think she, God must have gave her tons of forgiveness because I was a rogue, I was selfish. I really was. Really was. I had to learn how to love. I had to learn how to live the way God wants us to go. People, in the Bible, we're called a family of God. We're called a family. And a family, in my opinion, is called to love. I don't know. I don't know whether you can be a family and not. You know, it causes angst, doesn't it? It causes problems. But I had to learn with my wife, (laughs) I had to learn how to listen, how to sort problems, how to work things out. Because if I wanted to stay married, I needed to be flexible. I couldn't be selfish. I couldn't just do what I wanted. And you know what? They're all things that we have to do in the Bible. It's not my will that pleases God, but it's my obedience. You know, we've got such a great opportunity as we move into this new building. It doesn't matter who walks in, we can show love to anybody. We love them for who they are. Do you know what? Jesus saw me in all my sin, past, present, and future. And he still said, if you come to me and believe in me, confess your sins, you'll be saved. And I did that. And I found a freedom. I found a place I could live where forgiveness, grace and mercy are abounding because of the cross, because of what we're going to celebrate, because of the willingness of Jesus to go to the cross knowing that he was going to be hammered to a cross. He had to carry his own cross. And he forgive them, for they know not what they do. People, it's a sobering word, I know it is. But love, let's get it right, God is love. He wants the very best for us. He wants us to be free from the past of sin. He wants us to walk in a righteous way. He wants us to, well, he wants to bless us, basically. But it's understanding who he is. We say, I surrender all. Easy to sing. Hands up if you've done it. I can give, we sing the song, the Lord gives and takes away. Yeah, he's not the only one. I give and take away. Yes, you can have that. No, you can't. Oh, you've got that, Lord? Yeah, no, it's right. I want that amount of money. Can't have that. That's mine. I need it for that. No, are you going to trust me? 
It's a continual thing of trust. Perfect love casts out all fear. That is an amazing statement, isn't it? Yeah? If I said to my wife, do you trust me in everything, dear? I hope she'd say no. I do. I hope she'd say no. Because I'm selfish. I'm selfish. So, yeah, we'll do this, dear. That'll really, you know, she knows when I'm saying, oh, shall we do this? And I butter it up a bit. And then she realises that rugby's on at Harpers too. <laughs> you know, oh, shall we go shopping this morning, dear? Yeah, let's go shopping. But we've got to be home by one o'clock. Yeah, okay. Oh, I realise now why. Do you see what I mean? So I'm, I'm giving part of myself, but for a selfish reason. But God gave it all for no selfish reason apart. No selfish reason. And that love is ours to give away. Yeah? Invest love in people. You know, I... You know, you know some of the stories I've said about, <coughs> excuse me, being in the hive, being there, and the RMC guys came and they were worshipping away and praising and praying. And unbeknown to them, the plumbers and the electricians were having an earwig through the door. They all clear off for lunch. I'm supposed to be joining them for lunch. I can't get away for the number of questions. Hey, what were they doing? I said, well, they were worshipping Jesus. Why were they worshipping Jesus? Because we believe that he died and rose again and, you know, he's given us a better life and, you know, you can have it too. Yeah, but hang about, they were praying for a release of £100,000. What was that about? So I'm saying, well, you know, we believe that God led us to buy this building. We had a gift day. We raised this amount. We want, you know, £100,000 really, you know, to set it all up and all the rest of it. So you pray, you believe God can do that. I said, we not only believe it, we've seen him do it. You know, not 100,000 pounds, but smaller. You know, a gift day. Only 80 of us sowing the church. You know, through gifts and loans, God has given that. Stirred people's hearts to give. Wow. And we're working here like mugs. That's, that was the answer they got. We're working here like mugs. Is it open to us? They're our age. I said, yes, it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. Whoever believes, and you are whoever, even the ginger viking. <laughs> That's just a private joke, but there you go. But you see, God is at work. And we need to have our eyes open to where he's working. And move gently into it. You know, house group did it with a dear lady, bless her. Fantastic. Joined us at our social Fitted in like a glove. She really did. You know, but there's a world out there. Your friends, your neighbours, they need this love. We have an alpha coming up. You know, I really got it. I was thinking, oh, do, I, do I love my neighbour enough to go and knock on the door and say, look, we've got an alpha coming. Would you come and join us? Just a taster. Do I? You know, we had, had an email around the other day saying, please pray for this person. They're, they're up for a death sentence. And I felt God say, so's your neighbour. If 
they don't know Jesus, so's your neighbour. A death sentence of a life without me. It really struck hard. But guys, we've got no excuses when we get in the hive. You know, we've had it before, or we've got nowhere to bring them, we've got nowhere to do this, we've got nowhere to teach them, we've got nowhere to... We're going to have everything that we need to serve. All we need now is to bring people in. Whether that be through renting rooms and showing love, whether it being through, you know, alphas, we have an opportunity for our inheritance, which is the lost. A building is just four walls and a roof. What I want to see is living fruit. I want to see living fruit. I want to see people that come in, find the love of Jesus. I want to see, I do want to see the gifts of the Spirit move. I want to see healing. I want to see people set free. People, you know, set free from sin. I don't care how they come in or who they are when they come in or even what they think they are nowadays. You know, it's, it's out there, isn't it? You know? If they come in, but I'll tell you, if they see God, if they see his love, they will change. They cannot not but change. So as we, as we sit here, I'm going to hand over to James in a minute, because I could ramble for a long while, and I'm not going to. Love is the core of God's character and central to Christian life. The law of Christ is to love God and love others. Love infuses all that God does and should infuse all that we do. Love never fails. And it will never cease. Because love originated with God and it will stay with God. He's here from the beginning right through to eternity. We will never be unloved. Have you thought about that? Never be unloved. 